0: Dysoner Production. Mmm, bacon smells nice. Bacon. So does All Day Breakfast with Matt and Alex.
1: Very disappointed in you, Matt O'Keyne, this morning. Well, what's what's different? Well, I would have thought that you cared enough <laughs> about just... the planets to... It's a <laughs> standard I'm, day in don't... the world of Alex Dyson,
2: isn't it? I mean, well, what are you...
1: regardless of your faults, <laughs> all right. I would have thought you would have cared enough about the planet to uh, put up an Instagram story of a pet, so that some random person I don't know would plant a tree. I'm just very sad that that. What wasn't... are you even
2: talking about? Is, there, is it plant a tree for your pet day or something?
1: Did you look see on Instagram stories all yesterday? There was just people putting up the um, little widget or whatever it is. Post a photo of a pet and we'll plant a tree. I think some company started, it got way out of hand, and now they're like, we can't plant this many trees.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> There's but not but enough trees in the world to plant.
1: It keeps going and going. But if you want to put up a photo with you and your, you know, your Matt's best friend, um, his little dog that's half rat, half dog, I'm happy to be part of that photo.
2: I saw a picture of, of Jeff Bezos standing in a forest of trees. And he posted him on a sign, leaning on a sign, and the sign said, danger, cliff up ahead, you know, fatal fall. And he, in the caption he said, hey, Leo DiCaprio, let me show you something, right? Because apparently there was a photo of Leo talking to Jeff's wife. It's a very silly joke. Anyway, then I also see a headline saying, Jeff Bezos threatens to push Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> off a cliff. I was like, <laughs> I think I've taken that a little bit out of context.
1: Yeah, I think that's a uh, click Worthy that particular headline. Well done to that organisation. But look, it is a big show today, and if you do, you know, if you are missing these particular things, we've got a person who might be able to help you out. Her name is Sarah. She's 14, and she is our youth correspondent. What's hitting with Sarah? Coming up once again.
2: Now, I don't want to give you any clickbait, okay? Because (laughs) I love you, and I, you know, hope that you trust us to be honest and open with you. But I'm telling you right now. I am psychic and I proved it again in today's show. So I'm going to I'm going to leave you with that before we head into it. You find out, you just wait and listen to hear when. Yep. The moment hits that I've just proved it again. Matt freaked
1: Sarah out and it wasn't just because his references are that old that it's <laughs> scary. It's Look, he did something. Right, it's coming up. We'll leave you with that. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Thank you very much for joining us. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go,
0: here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast.
2: First movie you ever cried in, Alex Dyson? Um,
1: I remember being quite upset in The Lion King in the movies. Went to watch that. You know, mm. spoiler alert, Mufasa does pass away.
2: Um, I mean, that was, that's, the, that's like Bambi as well was a... Oh, yeah. It was a tough one. What is it with animal parents, you know? I, I, yeah, I don't know why they're doing this to kids. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's really quite hard. Yeah. <laughs> My Girl, for me, oh, yeah. was the first time that I'd grown up, you know, and mm. with the 1990s understanding of masculinity, mm. you know, think, feeling that crying was a weakness... Yeah. Uh as a little as a boy, you know, not wanting to show my hurt in any way, shape yep. or form, lest I be deemed vulnerable and weak. Mm. Um I remember I I couldn't help it when Thomas Jefferson
1: Yeah, you gets you're attacked. worried about that, you but you're watching my girl. I mean <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was a double whammy when I walked out of that <laughs> cinema with the tears down my face, the school bully saying, hey, Okan just saw my girl and now he's crying. <laughs> well, I bring it back to my girl because Thomas Jefferson's allergic to bees. Wait, who's Thomas Jefferson? The president? Macaulay Culkin's character. Oh, right. <laughs> and he gets chased. I mean, this is big spoiler alert. This is from 1994, so if you haven't seen it, catch up. Um... And this is quite serious. I feel quite bad even bringing it up because, <sighs> but, it's, but the whole the bees thing and then running into the lake reminded me of this situation. I don't know if you read about it, but this story that came out of Brazil, um, it was it was quite. I mean, and I don't want to laugh because, well, is it very funny? Because you'll it sounds, cry.
1: it sounds
2: far fetched. It does sound far. I'm going to read you the headline. Okay, man eaten by piranhas after jumping in lake during bee attack. All right. Uh. So, now this is a real person. So I, you know, I don't want to try. I can't help but laugh. Look, I can't laugh because it is
1: serious. But I can't take it seriously until there's some sort of documentation because this feels like an Indiana Jones esque storyline that um, isn't true of a man running away from bees, jumps in the raw water, gets eaten by piranhas.
2: No. So this is what happened. Okay. Many much condolences to uh, the, the gentleman and family. So, 30-year-old man fishing with two friends mm. in Landia de Minas, uh, Brazil, when the bees attacked, okay, so he gets attacked by a swarm of bees. They're all trying to escape His three friends. They all run into the nearby lake, mm. okay. Two friends get out, swim safely to shore, but then they don't see the their third friend, right, and um, found a little bit later on by local firefighters and... Had been eaten by piranhas when they sort of did the they, they did tests and stuff. So, but they they didn't necessarily necessarily think that the piranhas got the man while right he was okay. alive. They they believe he drowned and mm. then the piranhas ate. But they all ran into the lake. I blame out. you for this
1: because you were you were saying when food bites back, and this guy was fishing. <laughs> oh,
2: no, no.
1: This guy was fishing. No. Ended up running to the lake and <laughs> food
2: bit back. <laughs> okay.
1: So I I actually hold you responsible for this, Matt.
2: No. All right. Hey, hey, this is a real person, Daiso, okay? I refuse to believe that this happened,
1: but look.
2: What, are you serious? You don't believe it? I'm
1: just trying to make it seamless sad. (laughs) Okay, okay. You keep bringing up the fact that this real man died. And I'm trying to make it <laughs> so it seems less sad. And you keep ruining it. <laughs> like, this is you, Matt. Just covered up with all this stuff all to right, make it right, more what sad. And I'm like, what are... <laughs> trying to say, oh, it sounds fantasy. I'm not sure if it was true. Oh blah blah You could have gone, yeah, maybe it's not. It'd be, I hope it's not, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's that's like, no, point. no, no. This man is dead. <laughs> Bitten by fish. <laughs>
2: <sighs> all right, all right, all right. What I, well, I'm just trying to decide. If I did mm. run into a lake after being attacked by a swarm of bees and then die and get eaten by piranhas, mm-hmm. if two Brazilian dudes talked about it on their podcast, I don't know whether I'd mind that much.
1: Right. So if the tables were turned, okay, and you ran into a billabong escaping yep. a yaoi and were eaten by a saltwater <laughs> crocodile instead, and the two Brazilian dudes were laughing, even though yeah. Mac O'Kine and Belinda and Sophia were very, very sad. Yeah, that'd be just Yeah, I forgot
2: about the family.
1: You would be fine with it, is what you're saying, if the tables were turned.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it would be pretty horrific in the moment. I? <laughs> I don't know whether I have-
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, if Belinda accidentally started listening to this Brazilian podcast... <laughs> Like, get a load of this Australian <laughs> idiot running <laughs> into the water!
2: How unlucky is that? But look, all I can say is sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> and, um... Waltzing Matilda's all about that, isn't it? That's it. yeah. What if in a couple, of... yeah, like, in a couple of hundred years, this it turns into a whole story about once a jolly you know, swagman can't
1: buy a billabong on the show of cool a tree, saying, "Waiting for his billy ball, you'll come a waltzing Matilda with me." Then how's he getting the billabong? There's a, a jumbuck in his tucker bag. Up jump the Swagman. You'll Never Catch Me Alive. That's right. The Stockman yeah, came he, or whatever, and he jumps yeah, into no, the so water. That's a, yeah, but I that's guess a- Stockman, Bees, it's quite similar. <laughs> so if, you know, if we were the podcast version of Banjo Patterson, I think the only way we can talk about this horrific incident is to come up with a catchy song, which in, the you know, 100 years' time is potentially... The national anthem of Brazil.
2: <laughs> I am so sorry I even brought this up. <laughs> let's let's move on. Hey, this is Matt and Alex. All I'm calling it. That's cool. Drippy. What about like? That's pretty cool. What's hitting? Little thing called. What's hitting with Sarah? Yes, that's right. Our favorite, uh, what are they, what, what's it called? It's not millennials anymore. Generation Z's, Generation Alphas. Anyways, our favorite young person is back on the show. It is Sarah. And uh, last time we chatted to you, just as I was getting off the phone, I mentioned fidget spinners and I could hear the cringe <laughs> through the telly wires. So um, tell us if fidget spinners aren't cool anymore?
0: No, they're
1: really not.
2: That's oh. good to know, Sarah. Matt can what, put what his is? away, constantly bringing it to
1: the podcast and just getting in here and spinning. <laughs> and I'm like, stop it. We need to record. Um, but Sarah's qualifications are that she's 14 years old and so is able to say that. But I, let's start a segment I want to do here, Matt. Okay. Hit or miss with Sarah? Because this is what's hitting. Before we get into the listener questions, hit or miss, Sarah? Fidget spinners.
0: Miss. <laughs>
1: hit or miss, Sarah? Yo-yos. <laughs> uh, well, they're not like,
0: not cool. they just... Never see them anymore. So, miss.
1: Hit or miss, supermarket uh, little Jeez. things you can collect. Miss. Massive miss. Okay. Well, that was sick. Okay, Sarah, <laughs> hit or miss,
2: podcasts. Do
1: young people listen to podcasts?
0: Absolute
2: hit. Hey!
1: Okay,
0: okay. Man, what a, hit,
2: or, hit or miss. Here. Hit or miss, Radio. Uh, that
1: can still be hit as well. Okay, oh, okay still clinging onto a hit. Well, good on your radio. Keep keep trying. You're doing well. Well, Sarah, that is that is good to know. Thank you very much for uh, the hit or miss part. We've well, got some listener questions. Are you ready for oh, this? Oh,
2: and I've got yeah. I've got an, I've got another one. Just in terms of the general trends that um that are happening with your friends pronouns. What's the go? What's happening with your friends?
0: Um. So. Pronouns has like kind of obviously become much more um talked about in like the past few years. Like you didn't used to hear about it like a while ago, um but otherwise, yeah, it's kind of just become a thing now that like, for example, like one time I sat down in class and there was a new person, and they just asked what my pronouns were and my name, and I was like, oh yeah. That's Sarah. She her, and um, it's just become a normal question, I guess.
2: Okay, interesting. All right, all right. Well, look, let's get into the and uh, let's get into the listener questions because everyone always wants to know. Um, they've got a lot of questions for you, uh, just like Moose does. Uh, Moose wants to know what is the onion emoji. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's crying, but I need to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, good to ask Sarah first before you start using it in the in the real world. That's our <laughs> Matt and Alex tip to you. <laughs>
0: The onion emoji is pr- like it's—it's kind of like have a cry, like cry oh. about it.
1: Oh, oh, okay. so, so it's it like is crying, but it's almost like a little, you know, why are you so upset about this?
0: Yeah, it's like like I don't know something like something like really random. Like why do you send that? You send an onion emoji and be like have a cry.
1: Like- <laughs>
2: Why don't you cry about it? So it's yeah, like the, yeah. little, the, the miniature violin kind of thing. Yeah. That used to be what it yeah. was, like playing the world's smallest violin. All right. All right. That's good to know. I'm going to use that. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Kyle's
1: got a question for you, Sarah. Um, Got a query for Sarah, says Kyle. What does it mean when people are talking? Does that mean that they're in a couple? Now, oh.
0: I don't know I anything really about this. this. But, yeah, um, so there's these things called a talking stage, and that's when you're not, like, um partner and partner, but it's kind of like... like it's gross, but, like, it's kind of when you're, like, Snapchatting and you're just, like, kind of hanging out a bit and talking and, like, flirting, but you're not a couple yet. That's All right, it hasn't
1: escalated stage. yet quite to that yeah, point. Yeah, that's
0: because there's, like, there's the talking stage and then there's the relationship, and the mm-hmm. talking stage goes before any actual commitment.
1: Okay. Okay. Because the other thing is Matt and I, every day, uh, 5 a.m., um, we're talking
2: together. We're always, we're, we're always talking, talking. So, so are you guys talking? Is that the question you'd say? <laughs> so you'd be like, "So you and you guys talking?" Oh my god! Would that be the question?
0: Why that name?
2: <laughs> oh, um- are you talking with? <laughs> are you talking? Next question. Okay, don't worry, Sarah, we're going to bleep that name. Don't worry. So no one will hear it. We'll bleep that name. But Whoa, okay.
1: Matt just picked a name out of thin air, but I don't want to alarm you, Sarah. On the podcast before, it's been proven that Matt is psychic. Okay. Um, But that's all I'll say about that. There's no need to get into it anymore. Um, And we're going to finish up um, this segment. Tie this up quickly with a listener question, uh, an audio message. Are you okay for this one, Sarah? Yeah, of course. All right. This one is from Catherine.
0: I feel so out of touch with today's youth culture. So this is a question for your Oracle of Youth, a.k.a. Sarah. What are the current fashion trends among young people these days? Because I'm seeing a lot of '90s inspired stuff that I used to wear, which makes me feel super old. And I imagine how that's how baby boomers probably would have felt when flares <laughs> came back in the early 2000s. So yeah, would love Sarah's insight on this. Thanks.
1: Sounds like a person who wishes she hadn't thrown out her
2: '90s stuff, uh, Catherine. <laughs> um, there, Sarah, tell what me, do you reckon? skinny jeans are gone, aren't they?
0: Um, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, right. but, you know, something that's very, like, common these days, like, because I have, like, six pairs of them, it's, like, those pants that were very common in the 70s, like, where they, like, it's, like, kind of normal pants, but then it goes out at the, like, oh! from, like, the knee below.
1: Well, I think that's the I flares that Catherine mentioned. Yeah, the bell, bell bottoms. Flares.
0: I have, like, six pairs of them, and they're all I wear half the time, and I'm so sad because we're going into summer. And you... Like, it's very common to... Like, it's seen a lot on teenage girls
1: these days. So, wait, what's the difference, Mal, what's the bell-bottom you're talking about, Matt? The bell-bottom?
2: Oh, I was thinking, like, the bell-bottom bell bottom sort of jeans. They're like flares, but but they're a bit baggier towards the bottom, not as... Uh, yeah, not as actually, no. I triangular. know the Triangular. People who do the um, Melbourne what, Shuffle
1: might be very <laughs> familiar with the bell-bottom.
2: Does that make sense, Bron? Anyway, does that make sense, yeah. right, bell-bottom? Yeah. And what about low cut, like, the Britney-style... Um, do you know Britney? The low-cut <laughs> yeah, the yeah. low jeans.
0: <laughs> They're really popular as well. It's, like, kind of, like, everyone seemed to, like, like, do you... I don't know if you guys are watching Mean Girls or not.
2: Yep. Same yeah, Mean yeah. Girls. Yeah. We know Mean so, Girls. Like, great movie.
0: Regina George's, like, kind of style, like, low-waisted jeans and small little, like, graphic tees has become very popular, like, mm, really quickly. God. And But then again, there's so many different types of, like, uh, aesthetics in that I like I can't even yeah, probably sure. begin to cover it. Well that's, that's an interesting one
1: you bring up about the graphic tees because for a long time, um because something's quite popular as well, band graphic tees, but it's a you know minefield for you, Sarah, putting on a graphic tee of a band that existed a very long time ago. How do you feel about uh doing that? And yeah, how do you feel about people going, Oh, you'd never even listen to Nirvana? Something like that. <laughs> well-
2: <laughs>
0: Well, name no like, one I Nirvana have,
1: song, Sarah. <laughs> I, have,
0: I have many graphic tees, but I usually just get ones that I actually know yep. because then when people, like, because it does happen, people do go, name five albums right now, five <laughs> songs from the album. It's like, shut up. <laughs> but yeah. um, the graphic tees are like those, like, flared, like, low, long pants, low-waisted tees, it's just all become like it's all come back basically, wow. and it's Amazing. very popular.
1: Well, all right, we've well, done Sarah. it again, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us on All Day Breakfast today and helping us out. Um, if you didn't like the segment, go have a cry about it. A uh, little <laughs> onion emoji for you. But um, hopefully we'll be seeing you, Sarah, again next week to help out. And if you'd like to ask Sarah a question about something that you're like, oh, I'm a little bit iffy about this, I feel like I'm getting old, please, Alex, get in touch, and Sarah will, uh, has got your back.
0: Okay. No worries, guys. Fit check. Yeah.
1: First. Yeah. Now, yesterday we heard uh, Matt Kine give us quite the sentence. Um, it was buffalo, 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 buffalo,
2: buffalo. No, 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 you've got it all <laughs> wrong. It's What? Buffalo, 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 buffalo. I mean, come on,
1: <laughs> do I have to say it again? All right, so th- apparently that makes grammatical sense if you're using the word buffalo in its um, rather rare form of confused or annoyed or something like that.
2: <laughs> so as a place, as an object, and as a verb, all right? There So, you go. <laughs> so um, it was great because
1: you got in touch with us, a few of your favourite linguistic moments, uh, which we can all have fun with language. Um, and the response has been excellent, Matt O'Kine. And not, not only in English, we got a great text from Erin um, about an interesting Thai linguistic moment.
2: Yep. So Aaron said, hey, guys, if you want a mind-blowing language fact, try this. Type the words near and far into Google Translate and translate it to Thai. Thai is a tonal language, so the word is spelt the same but means something different depending on tone. In this case, it has the opposite meaning. Yes. Learning Thai is not easy. Okay, so have you got them all up I've, on Google I got Google, Google Translate
1: right up. Okay. okay, and this is near. Near, and this is the Thai version of near.
0: Lie,
1: lie. Okay, and then Can if I type l- in lye. far,
2: lie, 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 Lai. It sounds a little bit more. Lye. It sounds a little bit more depressed, doesn't it? Yeah, lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I that's, that's how I feel when um, when if someone asks me where the chips are. You'll know whether they're near or far by how excited I am. Okay. I'm like, "Cly" or "Cly."
1: All right, Matt, you asked me where the chips are.
2: Hey, where are the chippies, Alex? Cly. Oh, really? <laughs> can I have one, please? Is um, <laughs> that uh, <I> right? Yes. <laughs> that was near. Yes. Yes, it was. See? You can tell.
1: You can tell the difference.
2: <laughs> also, Aaron actually said, "P.S. This is also the case with the word pippy." As in the little clam seafood, which I have uh, certainly, you know, enjoyed over my time, um, and the word is "hoy," which Aaron says can mean "pippy" or, well, a, um, anatomic, word, a v- for a part of the, of the uh- a slang term for the vagina. Yep.
1: There you go. Yep. Um, but, you would know, you? haven't had as much experience with. Um, Alana also sent us a voice message. Uh, This is what Alana had to say with her linguistic moments.
0: Hi, guys. On the topic of our English language and how crazy, illogical and bizarre it can be, it is on the behalf of Philosoraptor, the meme, for those of you who know, know, and it queries, if guns don't kill people, people kill people. Do toasters not toast toast? Toast, toasts,
2: toast? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, wait, I'm trying to wrap my head okay. around that.
1: Guns don't kill people, people kill people, all right, yes. using guns. Um, if toasts...
2: Toasters, if don't, toasters toast, don't toast, toast, not toast, toast. Does toast toast toast? toast? <laughs> Yeah, okay. I like that,
1: uh, which right. is pretty good. Uh, we also got another one from Monique.
0: Hey boys, here's a sentence that is grammatically correct but also a bit weird. Put an and between fish and 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 chips. <laughs> so five ands in a row there. <laughs>
3: There's Put a and. Sense.
1: Put an
2: an and. Between fish and 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 Wait. chips? <laughs> Let's just Wait. it do it again.
0: Put an and between fish and 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 chips.
1: Okay, so you want to put an and between fish and chips, but you're putting an and between the fish and the and and you're putting an and between the and and the chips. (laughs) So put an and between fish and 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 chips.
2: (laughs) 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 Five barrel and. You can do five
1: ands in a row without compromising your grammar. I mean, it's pretty brilliant. Thank you very much, Monique, for that one. Oh, sorry, I'm Googling. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All right, Matt, we'll leave that to Google and move on with the show. This is All Day Breakfast with Matt and Alex. I smell toast. Matt, I did a lot of sports when I was younger. Um, dabbled in some footy, some swimming at one point, soccer, basketball. I even had a little go at table tennis, 13th in, in the state of Victoria, if you don't mind, me six. Yeah, didn't mind a little uh, paddle back and forth.
2: Oh, I um, didn't know anything about this. How, how have you not brought it up? I, that'd be how I introduced myself to everyone. <laughs> well, it was out, out of 15. Out of kind, it was out of 15. In the- oh, was um, it really?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't, it wasn't too great. But um, one... Of the sports I tried, I didn't even realise was a sport at the time. But recently, footage has emerged of a uh, brand new professionalised version of keep the balloon off the ground. I remember a big, big night sleepover at Reese McDowell's place. Keep the balloon off the ground in his bedroom for like hours. The oscillating fan was in the mix. It was chaos in there. And recently, some world championships have begun. And I thought it's the perfect time to get a push. To keep the Balloon Off the Ground for Brisbane 2032. And if we're talking, you know, Australian sports, royalty, we need some big names to get behind it. So I'd like to welcome to All Day Breakfast right now, it's HG Nelson from Roy HG. G'day, HG.
3: Yes, great to be talking with you again, panel. I think when we last spoke, you were off to call the opening ceremony at the Tokyo Olympics. And I describe myself as being super excited about being on the show. And can I just say I'm super, super excited about return guest appearance, it's a dream come true. Once was fantastic, mm. now I'm just over the moon. Well, like
1: dual Olympians are something that is quite rare, but if we're looking for even rarer, dual Matt and Alex all-day breakfast guests, I mean, it's it's up on the podium for sure. Oh ah, yes. What do you think of Brisbane 2032? Can we get balloon off the ground involved?
3: I think we certainly can. Now, for many, many years, I've maintained that you can participate in the shot put in the Olympic Games simply by training in the ad breaks on MasterChef. It's a (laughs) defined amount of time that you have to spend. We don't want to give people the wrong idea that to get to the Brisbane Olympics, you'll have to do much more than that. Mm. Now, of course, already we're on the couch. We've got the balloon. My great wriggle on this, by the way, is to introduce the bowling ball.
2: (laughs) Keep the bowling ball off the ground. Oh, yeah, that's... (laughs) That's like, I mean, that's like when Bradman used to practice with the uh, golf ball and the mm. wicket. You know, you make it very the hard. Done. Mm.
3: Yeah. Now, um, look, I just think that uh, Australians are ready for this. I have seen some footage of a final, maybe a South American final, uh, and it looked very, very exciting. My only comment about it was it just needs to have that larger element of danger about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. This seemed to be mainly people parkouring over lounges and keeping the ball in the air. But if we could get the bowling ball in there, yep. a few electrical appliances that maybe have dodgy leads and so on, <laughs> I think we've got a game going.
2: Do you know what I think? What about if we remove just the regular boring net that they have, right? Because you've kind of well, you've kind of got to get it over the you know the the obstacles, the living room furniture. Why don't we make it a spiked net? All right, and inside. Ah. Inside the balloon is a family of mosquitoes with Ross River fever, <laughs> all right? So so if you, don't, if you don't get it over the net, it pops, the mosquitoes get you and yep. you're tired for several months.
3: I like the idea. I like the idea of putting the competition so as if you lose... You're obviously out for a very long time. So this would mean mean that Djokovic wouldn't have to come to Australia again Mm. uh, or Novak wouldn't have to come to Australia again until he'd gotten over the roster of fever, which uh,
2: would suit my temperament.
1: (laughs) There's a lot to sort out because as we do like looking towards the future for these sports, HG, Mm -hmm. you also like looking towards the past, you know, reflecting Mm -hmm. on where we've been in the sport. In fact, you've done so in your book, The Fairy Tale, which has just come. Out recently, can you tell us a few Australian, a bit of the Australian sporting folklore that you think informs our uh, our history going forward?
3: That's excellent. A great question, and that's the nub of the book. I ask people to imagine, you know, some of the history they know and some of the history they don't know. i.e. the bit that I made up. Now (laughs) we come back to, I think, nineteen hundred Olympics. Yep. Pigeon shooting. Mm. People balk already. I can see a problem here. But how good was it? How interesting was it? Oh, it wasn't that clay back then, was there? It wasn't. No clay. No clay. (laughs) (laughs) Just all feather. (laughs) Who went and represented Australia and how did they go? And what did this person do in their spare time? Mm -hmm. And that the blending of fact and fiction here is irresistible. Uh, Donald McIntosh was our representative. There were two competitions. There was a 20-franc admission competition and a 200-franc admission competition. Now you're talking about the past and the future. Should we charge people to play the ball, the balloon off the ground competition? <laughs> I mean, you, you yes. guys are setting their So chances.
2: you ch- they they charged people to do pigeon shooting, and there was different amounts per. So like, what did you get? What nicer pigeons in the in the expensive version, or what? <laughs> More premium pigeons? That's terrible.
3: You've got a much more attractive bird in, mm. the, uh, in the 200.
2: <laughs> HG Nelson, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a little bit of the uh, history from mm. The Fairy Tale. It is a brand-new mm-hmm. book that is out now at all good bookstores, so please check it out. The Fairy Tale, a real and imagined history of Australian sport, and hopefully we'll be competing against you in the Australian trials, HG, trials. Of, the, uh, of the Brisbane Balloon World Cup. Mm. Have you got a name for this sport? You can't call it balloon. Keepy uppy balloony, I think. Keepy is uppy, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keepy, up-y. That's, that's it. what Bluey calls that it. speaks all languages. Yeah, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the international uh, language for it. The name for it. So Correct. nomenclature that's it
1: um, so I'll start training for that we look forward hopefully you can commentate me at the Brizzy Olympics in uh, a
2: decade or so's time I'm going to get into helium doping <laughs> just Ooh, when you're not yes. looking just a, just a quick little squeeze <laughs> of the helium to keep the balloon up <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> the banned gases that's um, on the yeah. list alright well HD right. thanks again and we'll talk to you next time yeah cheers all the best
3: boys and good luck with that uh, training I mean diets everything remember order up
1: Just how you
2: like it,
1: perfect. Yes, thank you very much for joining us today on All Day Breakfast. A lot of good lights, definitely not sad fun,
2: um, was had today. Thank you, Matt O'Kine. Hey, look, thank you very much to Sarah for uh, telling us what's what again. I've been loving seeing all the questions that have been coming through, asking Sarah to help uh, uh, help out some of us, uh, some of you oldies. I don't know, I'm a young, <laughs> cool person still now. I use the Thanks chair emoji Sarah. when it
1: comes to laughing, so I'm I, young and hip. Yep,
2: um, none uh, of my friends have any idea what I'm talking about. But uh, thank you for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow. Please keep in touch with us at matt.n.alex if there's anything that you relate to in the show.
1: Yes, if you've got a question for Sarah, hit us up in the Insta DMs. As well as that, it's mind-blown tomorrow. Hit us with your mind-blowing facts, Alex, so we can all learn together. Bye-bye.
0: That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.